Hello everybody. Okay, so today is going to be a little bit of a different intro. Um, as some of you may know, I had to change the name of my podcast. Um, so it used to be Murder She Spoke and now it is Murder on Her Mind. Um, and this was totally an error on my behalf with like um, the recording people that I'm working with and everything. So um, basically there was like another podcast with the same name. But uh, we thought because it had like my name in it and because it had like true crime podcasts that it was it could work differently. But um, it didn't work out that way. So um, yeah, we had to just like change it, which was no problem at all. I didn't have a problem with that. Um, and I actually had the girls at work help me come up with the name, which was fantastic. So literally within a couple of hours, we came up with the name Murder on Her Mind, which I kind of like. It's it's I prefer it actually. It's very cool and mysterious and um yeah I think it's got a good ring to it and I wanted to make sure when I was choosing like a new name that it was gonna be like something that would still like catch the eye of the public and stuff and yeah I mean it's it works out okay um and again I'm sorry if this sounds so echoey because I'm recording from different places just because my boyfriend's family is here from town and it's it's a little bit hectic um and another um reminder too that i actually will be coming out with an episode next week just because um, i want to make sure that i'm spending the most time with my boyfriend's parents as they drove like 36 hours to like get here and we don't see them very often and we are hoping to like move to the uk next year so i really want to make sure that i'm spending the right amount of time with them but i am releasing episodes this week so that's good at least um but yeah, so uh, welcome to Murder on Her Mind. I am Caitlin O'Malley and I'm your host of this podcast. Um, I think it sounds just as good. <laughs> Let me know what you guys think. Um, but yeah, so things have been going really well. Um, for those of you who live in Calgary or in Alberta in general, maybe you know if you live in Canada, but basically Chris's parents have rented this beautiful cabin for the whole week out in Bragg Creek which from my house is only about a 25 minute drive. So it's so nice. We're actually staying out there for the whole week and it is beautiful. You're so close to the mountains. You're right in the trees. I've seen so many deer and like their little fawns and it's so, so cute. Um, I'm waiting to see other animals, but um, I've had no luck yet. So yeah, that's kind of like what's been going on and it's just been so relaxing just to get out from work and just go straight basically into the mountains. So um, today is Thursday, so I have my day off tomorrow and I'm just going to spend it with Chris's parents and I really can't wait. You know, it's, it's going to be so, so nice. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like everything that has been going on, like that side of things. I actually got Chris's parents to watch um, the American Murderer Netflix documentary and watching it for the second time it fucking infuriates me i cannot stand watching that chris watts guy it is so hard to watch when he is acting so smug and just like the one i think there's like sorry if this is a spoiler for anyone but i said in my last episode you should watch it so if you haven't watched it yet that's your own fault (laughs) but he just acts so fucking smug i can't stand it especially in this one part where he's getting interviewed outside his house and he's wearing like a sports jersey or something like his workout clothes and he's like i just want them to come home i just want them to come home but he's smiling when he says it and yeah okay that could be like a nerves thing but fuck it's so hard to watch and um, I actually saw some TikToks because you know I'm a TikTok fiend 
it's actually so addicting and I love it um but there were so many TikToks of the one part if you have watched the documentary again spoiler alerts where they go upstairs and you know he comes out and he has like, the ring he's like this is her ring and then he's like oh her phone's here like that's her lifeline but in the background there's you can see one of the kids rooms I think it's Cece's room and you can see two little girls running around in there and everyone on social media is like blowing up being like they're the ghosts of the two daughters like it's so scary but really and truly it was actually the um her best friend's daughters in the house with her when the police were in there investigating which i think is so creepy but yeah so it's not actually a ghost if you see that tiktok don't fall for it it's not true because i remember like re-watching the documentary and like looking and i was like yeah first of all the two girls have really short hair they didn't even have long hair but and i've actually got like my sister onto it as well she watched it on the drive home from golden when we were coming back from thanksgiving and she's 17 and she's really kind of getting into all that stuff so i think i have like a young murderino on my hands um if you don't know what a murderino is then you should go listen to my favorite murder because that is the best podcast out there and i aspire to be like those girls they're just so fucking amazing um but yeah so uh, Mia's super interested in all that stuff too which is so exciting because that's something like we can talk about and um, kind of bond over you know nothing like bonding over a good old serial killer <laughs> but uh yeah so that's been going good um i'm still waiting on my friend kevin to create my new cover for um my podcast but i cannot wait to show you guys what it's gonna look like it's so so cool um but yeah so that's all coming up um you know, work for me has been super slow. So if you live in the Calgary area and you want a manicure or pedicure, come to me at Butter. I can do a little side advertisement on this, can't I? <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a esthetician. Um, for those of you who don't know, so things have been quite slow at the moment due to like COVID, and we were really hoping in September it would start to get really busy again with like the parents coming back down. But unfortunately more parents having to stay home again because there's different schools that are having different outbreaks and yada 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 so all that fun stuff so it actually hasn't been that busy um and i'm honestly thinking like if there's a gap in my day where i have a few hours i'm just gonna start writing up like a whole bunch of like my different like murders or stories that i'm gonna do um but yeah so i think that's everything that i have to say but uh I also realized somehow I misnumbered all my um, my episodes, so I had to correct that. I actually had to edit my audio that I pre-recorded because I said that this episode was episode six, and it's actually episode nine, which is crazy. I'm almost my tenth episode. I'm so excited about that. I love increments of five. I think I talked about that in like one of my very first episodes. It's just like such a good, even when I'm turning up the volume, like yeah, even numbers are good, but there's just something about increments of five that is just so nice. Or threes. I love things in threes as well. Like not the number 23, but I like to have three candles in a row. Or if there's three remotes, I like to do the biggest remote, the smallest remote, and the, the tiniest remote, right? So like I, I kind of like those things as well. Like those kind of increments <laughs> so weird sometimes i really do think i have ocd but anyways um i think that's everything i have to say enjoy this episode this is gonna be the um eyeball killer so hang tight and there's gonna be some gnarly pictures coming out on instagram about this so just a fair warning 
it's quite disgusting, but it's also fucking crazy to look at. So enjoy, happy listening. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Tell all your friends. And um, for my listeners that I just posted on the Calgary Murderinas page, um, hello and welcome. So um, you guys had like a really good response to that when I posted on there, which is awesome. So thank you very much for your support. And um, yeah, all right, guys, well, enjoy. In today's episode, we are going to be doing the eyeball killer. Um, I actually remember hearing about this on another podcast. And of course, there is a forensic file episode of this and I think also Criminal Minds does like a reenactment of this show as well so I kind of seen it on one of those um before but it was actually one of my co-workers Olivia who reminded me about this case um so thank you very much Olivia for reminding me because this one is so fucked up and it's perfect for the Halloween season um yeah so I'm doing this one for you Olivia so you're welcome <laughs> um but yeah anyway so moving in or onward sorry Uh, The Eyeball Killer, a.k.a. the Dallas Slasher or the Dallas Ripper, was a serial killer and a enucleator. I don't know if that's how you say it, but basically he's someone who removes eyeballs. Um, So he killed at least three women in the 1990s. Uh, While a man named Charles Albright was convicted um, of one of the murders, the evidence against him was a bit slim, leading to some suspect that he was wrongly convicted. Which, once we get into the story, I don't think so. I literally think he did all of it. But anyway, so it's it's just, it's too similar. They're all too similar for it not, for him not to have done all three of them. So in southern Dallas, Texas, um, there's a well-known place called Oak Cliff. Um, there's gangs, drugs, and lots of sex workers. They ran rampant through the streets. And in 1990, sex workers in Oak Cliff were um, a regular sight on almost every street corner. Um, these, these girls, they weren't really like high end sex workers. Um, most were extreme drug addicts, um, who would do these things called like a flat back, which is where they would just do just straight up sex for $25 and $25 at a time, which was enough. It was enough money to get like a head of crack. So what they would do is they would do a flat back and they would go, they would get high, and then when the, they started coming down from their high, they would go back on the streets again, and so on and so forth. So that was kind of like their way of life. Um, so, yeah, they would basically go back out in the streets again and continue those for days on end, and probably weeks and months. Um, so the so-called whore hotels, which I use very lightly, but... This is what it was called. Um, the Whore Hotels had a big business um, in that in the southern part of uh, Dallas in Oak Cliff. Um, and they had a big business going for them. And basically people would come in and they would rent rooms from this hotel. And they would uh, then they themselves would hire a sex worker. And they, these hotels were just filthy, rotten, like fleas in the bed, just dirty, rugged, unwashed, unclean places. And they would just go in there and it's a pretty rundown area, but these hotels would make lots and lots of money um, from these. So um, so the first victim attributed to the eye- eyeball killer was Mary Pratt, who was shot and killed on December 13th, 1990. When the body was autopsied, the coroner made an even more sudden discovery. The eyeballs had been skillfully removed from their sockets 
and the, the mutation was kept out of the media um, until the case went cold. So when investors, when investigators and police came upon this body, um, her body was just left sprawled wide open in a field for everyone to see, which is in the eyes of investigators, this is like, okay, like, clear this killer is like has zero respect for women at all obviously of course first of all um it's a sex worker so he feels ready that he can take advantage but second of all he wants to leave this body wide open almost degrading and trying to embarrass this woman even though she's dead there's zero zero covering up or sympathy after killing this woman it's just her body is left wide open which in the eyes of the investigators was like okay this man is dangerous and does not give a flying fuck about women. So um, then on February 10th, the following year, another victim, Susan Peterson, was found dead and mutilated the same way. And the media dubbed the killer as the Dallas Stripper. So um, it was known that Susan Peterson was actually one of like the prettiest um, and one of the smartest um, sex workers on the street. And this woman didn't take any shit from anyone. So she would... <laughs> in the one documentary I was watching, they were like, she cussed at the police officers, she cussed at men, she cussed at everybody who got in her way. And it's just so funny. I'm like, just say swear. I feel like cuss is just such a funny American word. Like it always made me laugh. Like, are you cussing? Are you cussing, son? And it's just like, to me, it's like (laughs) such a fucking funny word. So anyways, this prostitute, or sorry, not prostitute, sex worker, she was, um... She was a badass, basically. She didn't take any shit from anyone and she was dropped out gorgeous. But unfortunately, she got into the world of drugs and sex work. Um, so even though law enforcement increased patrols in the area where the killer was active, a third victim, Shirley Williams, was found on March 18th. Once again, the killer had removed the eyes, but there were some differences from the two previous murders. William, William had facial bruises and a broken nose. Um, though she had been punched, although as if she had been punched. Um, also the eyes haven't been removed with the same precision as the previous victims. The face was slashed at the tip of an exacto knife was found in the eye socket. Um, a ballistic comparison of the bullocks were found in the body were matched to other ones found in Mary Pratt's indicating that the same weapon had been used to kill both. Also a public, uh, sorry, <laughs> a public hair. <laughs> A pubic hair um, from the Caucasian male was found to be on William's body. And also, on the last two victims, there was... um, I'm pretty sure it wasn't on all three. It was just the last two. There was condom wrapper left right beside the body. Like, not even cleaned up. It was left right there. That was it. Like, not a used condom, just the condom wrapper. And it was found on both... Beside both bodies. So... Moving on to the suspect that we all think it is, is Charles Albright. So here's a little background on Charles Albright. Um, He was born in Amarillo, which every single time I hear Amarillo, I just think of like Irish weddings and Amarillo. If you guys don't know that song, it's literally played, I feel like at like most. And it's like na 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 na. Okay, anyways, that's enough. This is not a singing podcast. This is um <laughs> this is a true crime podcast. <laughs> but anyways, you guys probably know the song I'm talking about. I swear it is played at, well 
most Irish weddings. It wasn't played in my cousins last year. But anyway, so um, uh, he was born in Amarillo, Texas on August 10th, 1933. As an infant, he was adopted by Fred and Del Albright. So um, Charles Albright had an aunt um, and whenever she was around, she would give him dolls and make him wear dresses. So already that's kind of like... Ugh, I, I don't like that. Like, that's very manipulating towards like a young boy and it's bullying. I, I consider that bullying. Like, why do you have to do that? And his mother was quite hard on him as well. Like, um, he had a very hard upbringing with his adoptive family that he had. But again, like, what the hell, auntie? Like, why are you doing that? So um, he was difficult to control. Um, so when he was difficult to control, he was made to like wear like these dresses like from his auntie so i'm not sure like if the auntie like lived there with him and then you know um was just kind of there as like a nanny almost or like a babysitter so his mother was a school teacher she was very strict and overprotective and pushed him in his education allowing him to skip him two grades um when he's a teenager and got his first he got a first gun he got his first gun he made a pastime of shooting small animals, animals such as squirrels and rabbits. He enjoyed stuffing them and wanted to become a taxidermist. Which I actually think like taxidermy is pretty cool if you're not doing it just for that sake, you know. Um, I think it's different when you've found like a fresh dead animal that's maybe been like hit by a car or has just like died from like natural causes and you're like, mm, you know, this will look really cute over my mantelpiece. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong in thinking that, but um, I think so anyway. So um, his mother encouraged him and helped him stuff the animals, though she couldn't afford the glass eyes um, used by professional ta taxidermists. Instead, she let him use buttons. <laughs> it's so fucking scary. Could you imagine a deer above your like mantelpiece or above your TV and it has buttons for eyes? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> or a squirrel with <laughs> with button eyes. Oh my god, it's kind of cute, but like also terrifying. It's like Coraline, that cartoon movie that's fucked. <laughs> okay, anyways, I've totally like lost my pace. Um so psychologists later theorize that essentially being forbidden from using um glass eyes he played the part in forming albright's criminal pathology um he also helped her with real estate business at the age of 13 he was convicted of aggravated assault the start of criminal um the start of his criminal career at the age of 17 he was found guilty of theft for stealing some handguns and hang handguns what is wrong with me today handguns um and 380 dollars in cash and served six months in prison after his release, he enrolled in the Arkansas State Teachers College, majoring in pre-medical studies. Um, he was an active student, excelling in subjects he enjoyed, learning a few languages and being a member of several clubs. Albright was also an active thief and held down a number of odd jobs. Um, oh, sorry, oh, he was an active thief and he also held down, like, so like, I guess his thief was his side hustle. I'm judging from what I'm reading here. Um, so he had odd jobs, including a bullfighter, a baseball bat manufacturer, a carpenter, a hairstylist, and he also was an artist. This guy is just like, 
just fucking on a roll with all these jobs smarty pants but also kind of scary during his first year he broke into a girl's dorm to steal some nude photos in the one notable incident he cut out the eyes of the photos of her friend's ex and pasted them onto photos of another girl onto his onto one of his walls in his room when he was 19 he manipulated a girl um betty nestor into giving him keys to their entire college in 1954 age 20 he married her just after christmas so this guy already has a weird obsession with animals and that's why people think it is coming from like when he was like a wannabe taxidermist with with his button eyes so that's great um after breaking into an office and stealing some equipment he was expelled albright and nestor who became a teacher, um, formed a family and conceived daughter together. But domestic life didn't change him. In 1961, he was arrested for receiving and concealing stolen goods, but no goods were pursued. In 1968, he forged excellent credit, uh, credentials from Arkansas State Teachers College and used them to become a high school teacher, but was sentenced to probation for forging official records two years later in 1975. He and Nestor separated, though they didn't officially divorce until 1978. Or sorry, Jesus, 1987. Over the years, he was frequently arrested for theft, forgery, um, following the death of his adoptive mother and a visit for birth mother in 1981. So he's also started a side hustle of forgy as well which is mad um around the time of his first known murder he dated a woman named mary white but she broke it off after three years in 1986 his father passed away and they inherit and he inherited almost a hundred thousand dollars that same year he moved in with a woman named dixie austin with whom he'd st- they'd stay together for for the rest of his free life. Dun, dun, dun. Mary Lowe Pratt, 33, a Caucasian well-known uh, sex worker in Oak Cliff neighborhood of Dallas, was found dead wearing only a t-shirt bra. She had been shot in the back of the head with a 44 caliber and as well as being badly beaten. The media examiner reported that the killer had removed both of her eyes with a medical precision, or sorry, surgical precision and apparently had taken them with him. So, these women um were this is the first case obviously that they, they found and they of course like kept it away from the media at first and then when they start finding out that there's a second and a third one then they release the information of the first one so then on february 10th of 1991 susan beth peterson a 27 year old caucasian uh, sex worker was found the same street as mary pratt was found on just outside the dallas city limits near DeSoto city limits um she was nearly nude and had been shot three times one in the top of her head the other in her left breast and one in the back of her head the media examiner found that her eyes had been removed as well at this point the investigators realized they were looking for a repeater in quotes so then moving on to march 10th 1991 Shirley, Wim- Shirley Williams, an African-American prostitute, was found dead lying near an elementary school, which is so scary. And I actually looked up that date, um, uh, March 10th, 1991. And lucky enough, it was on a Sunday. All I could think in my head was like, Jesus, I was like, I hope that wasn't like in the middle of the week when kids are going to school early in the morning and the kids found the body. But still, it was lying publicly 
right on the street leaning up against the curve like on a main road um a waitress found william's new body and popped uh, propped up against the curb her eyes had been removed just like the previous victims she had facial bruises and broken nose and had been shot in the face um through the top of her head a medical examiner's field agent pulled back her eyelids to discover that her eyelids were missing and what's really sad about this is when these um killings were being announced in the news um everyone thought okay it's gonna be like caucasian it's gonna be all like white girls the rest of the sex workers um didn't really care and especially like for the black community they were like oh this guy seems to be only going for like white women and um we're not we have nothing to worry about and then unfortunately his last his last victim was um a black uh sex worker so albert first came or sorry albright first came to the police's attention when a woman tripped or tipped off the public police about um that when she tipped off one of them about how she'd seen him saying he and pratt had been acquainted and he was known to have an obsession with knives and eyes. When a number of prostitutes reported um, that he had assaulted them, it was enough for the police to get a search warrant for Albright's home. So, moving back to that first part of the story there, um, when that woman came up, she was actually having a threesome with him and um, Mary Lou Pratt and that's how that happened so they got an altercation and he pulled out a gun and this lady actually witnessed him shooting her in the head and she ran off and she ran to like the closest neighbor's house or sorry she ran through a field to find like, the closest house and just started bashing on the door to get in for safety um and actually when she did go to police i'm not sure if i wrote this down later on in the article so i'm sorry for repeating myself when she did go to police they didn't believe her because she was basically a crack addict they're like mm, no like you're probably just like off your rocker right now we're not really gonna we're gonna take everything you're saying with a grain of salt so they just sent her away and even when she was like lucid from coming off the drugs she was just so i guess i don't even know what the right word but to be besides like just not well in the head even when she was sober because her brain had been so fried from doing all the drugs so anyways moving on uh when a number of prostitutes reported that he had assaulted them it was enough for the police then um to search albright's home so after that first lady went in and she was like this is what happened i actually was there i ran away i saved myself i survived it it wasn't until numerous other people started coming to be like okay this actually did happen like please like do something about it like this is not safe and you know what the thing is like people always bash like oh like when they're like, oh, prostitutes, no, 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 no. And like, I'm saying prostitutes because that's what other people say. I try and use like sex worker because I know it's like a lot more of a nicer word to use. Because you know what? At the end of the day, everyone is trying to make a hustle and make a living for themselves. And I think too, women are a lot smarter these days too. And I think we have to be like really careful when we are talking about that and not to be so degrading and horrible because you don't know what other people have been through and I'm not saying that like that's a path that I would ever go down but do you know what like we are so quick to judge and you just don't know what other people's upbringings have been like and they might have not had the same chance of life as the rest of us did right so that's just something I just wanted to 
throw in there as well. So in addition to S&W 44 um, revolver and several X, sorry, exacto knives, they also found a red condom. Though his wife was past menopause, the same color condom was found Shirley Williams' crime scene. So some of the serial killers, um, and there was also some books on serial killers and Nazi literature. And according to one source, several dolls whose eyes had been removed, which is so scary. Like you are a creepy, creepy man. Anyone who is living with you right now should be terrified. Though Albert's right wife who up until then had been unaware of her husband's criminal past claimed he had been home every single night when he was arrested unfortunately the gun found in his house turned out not to be the match of the one of the eyeball killer used to killing of pratt and williams nor did the investigators find any bloody clothes though they did find socks and underwear soaking in bleach additionally albert's wife um provided the garage receipts proving that the car had been unavailable during the first two murders on albright's blankets inside victim or sorry um on albright's blankets and inside his vacuum they found hair and fibers like a link to the murders in the vacuum there were hairs that were consistent with those of shirley williams though there weren't enough to perform dna analysis with the technology of the time uh, when samples of Albright's own hair were taken, they were matched to the hair on William's body, though the sample couldn't be used to link with it u- uniquely. Albert was charged with three eyeball killer mur- with all three eyeball killer murders, as well as the unsolved 1988 murder of Rhonda Bowie, um, a sex worker who was stabbed to death through her eyes and hadn't been removed like the previous ones. But they hadn't been removed, sorry, like the previous ones. On December 2nd of 1991, the trial began. As it went on, the prosecution's case began falling apart. A yellow raincoat that Shirley Williams had been wearing when she was killed had been thrown away from evidence. Which is so fucking annoying. Like, I hate when stuff like that gets thrown away and they just expect it. Like, oh, well, you know, we're never going to figure out this case. Even though, like... We know the future is coming. We know there's always going to be more and more things that are going to be able to be able to help us find out these cases and solve them. And yet people just fucking throw away evidence or evidence gets tampered with or, you know, something mysterious happens to it. So, um, though the jury had seen it, a, pro- a sex worker who earlier claimed that Albright um, had attacked her with, re- with, with withdraw her story. So she withdrew her story claiming she had been coerced by the police to make it up and Albright's neighbor supported the claim of his car had been unavailable. The case came to rely on, um, on heavily on the hair of evidence, which linked Albright to three murders. Uh, though the same evidence also linked him to the murder of Rhonda Bowie, uh, he was cleared of it since he had an alibi for it. Ultimately, Albright was convicted of killing Shirley Williams and was sentenced to life in prison. His defenses, um, sorry, his defense tried to appeal, citing lack of evidence, but was overruled. Albright is currently being held in the Texas Department of Corrections in Amarillo, according to official sources. Um, he still has a fascination with the human eye and takes great interest in news stories in which eyes have been cut or uh, gouged out. Whether or not he was the actual real eyeball killer, he was responsible for all three murders or even 
for just that one of which he was convicted um i think you know there was a way he could have easily got away with that you know he could have used someone else's car he could have thrown away his clothes he could have burned them he could have literally there's a million things you know this guy was already a really really smart man i'm sure he knew okay i'm not gonna bring my bloody bloody coals clothes with me i'm gonna change and you know he could have been he could have you know even rented a vehicle if if he wanted to do that you know it's just there's so many other ways that he could have got away with it and it's just too they're just too too similar of a case um for both of those so anyways that was the case the eyeball killer it is so messed up i really really enjoy that story though it's pretty it's pretty good and um it's kind of freaky for this time of year but moving on i am gonna tell you guys a story that my friend tegan um for like my spooky story at the end of the episode um it's quite a long one but it's super good and i'm really really excited to share it with you i remember her uh vaguely telling me the story in high school and i nearly had like tears in my eyes i felt sick to my stomach it was that scary so let's jump right in thank you so much tegan for sending me this um I can't wait to hear what everyone thinks about it. So, all right. This is how she starts it off. So she starts off with a Ouija board story. I didn't believe in that sort of stuff whatsoever. And my best friend was someone who consistently watched Long Island Medium and loved anything to do with ghosts. We always debated on if it was real and how fake the shows were. Um, I know debating against ghosts makes me that first to die in a horror movie. But what can you do? So finally, I decided to humor her. I would only buy a Ouija board to prove that it didn't work. At the time, I was in high school and had a bit of a crush on the boy who I had hung out with once before. And I was going to his house for him to, quote, tutor me um, in chemistry, which is so funny. (laughs) Oh, Tegan. Um, I was way better than him, a chem, but apparently you can't just say what you, um, you can't just say you want to hang out with someone when you're 16. So there you go. Thank you, Tegan. To all the 16 year olds. There you go. That's a, it's a good little lesson learned there. <laughs> um, so I went to his house and I ended up telling him that I just got a Ouija board and it's in my trunk. It's important to know I met this guy through a friend of a friend re- very recently and we had no close mutual friends. Um, he hadn't even attended the same school, so I knew we knew nothing about each other. So he decided he wanted to give the board a try, despite not believing in them. And I decided him and his sister, who I met that day, should use it first because I'm still a scaredy cat, and I just wanted to see how obvious it was um, that they were moving their hands. We went ahead and set it up. They asked for this if the spirit was there. Of course, it said yes. They asked if it was related to anyone in the room and went first letter of my name. So T for Tegan. <laughs> I added that in. Tegan didn't put that. <laughs> um, uh, oh gosh. Uh, this should be interesting, I thought. And it spelt Marion, the name of my grandma who died long before I was even born. There was absolutely no way these two could have known that about me and they hadn't known about the Ouija board until right there and then but I thought it's fairly common for my it's fairly common from the name of that time maybe these guys knew a Marion or just thought of that old person name I have an empty name Marion in Ireland 
Uh, I still wasn't willing to believe, so I go to the um, go to use the board with my best friend Kay, and oh, Krista, <laughs> hi Krista, if you're listening. Uh, and before um, we use it, she makes us all look up the proper instructions to, so we don't get haunted. Um, so we use the board inside, put a circle of sorts around you. Don't use it when you're drunk, sick, or weakened, or you're easier to be possessed. Never ask the spirit questions about what you're thinking or it invites it into your head. Never ask the spirit to do physical things like switch off and on a, a light, otherwise it invites it into your and invites it invites it. <laughs> it invites it into your realm. Um, and always, always say goodbye after you talk to the spirit. Okay, I thought. I hadn't done any of that for the first time I used it and I hadn't been possessed but I would do it for my friend. So we used the board. Supposedly we spoke to a nice enough spirit although neither of our opinions really changed. It was amusing to play with though and we did it a few times. One night my parents had gone out of town so we were using the board in the basement. We were apparently talking to some sort of soldier from the war and it started going a bit weird. Mid word it pulled out a random letter um or the letters altogether before jerking it back into what it was saying. Still being on the side of a non-believer, I thought uh, Krista was messing with me um, or just being obnoxious, but I still felt the hairs in my arms stand up. I just didn't uh, like that feeling. I decided we should stop playing, convincing myself that it wasn't, and uh, it wasn't because I was scared, but it was simply because it was a stupid game and it wasn't working. As I went to the voice the soldier in quotes started spelling out beware and then quickly said goodbye a spirit had never said goodbye to us before uh we were confused quickly though it jumped back in and said hello we thought it was strange we went uh talking to the soldier krista quickly said something that was off the answers weren't matching but the soldier said before she loved this stuff and wanted to keep going the letters started getting jumpy again and our regular light moving slowly slowing our regular light movement suddenly slowly and spelt run okay i thought i don't care if chris is fucking with me i am in the basement right now of my home with something saying run and i am over this but before uh we could even have a chance the spirit said goodbye our hands started pulling towards the letter a and z and then back and forth and back and forth and back and forth going faster and faster until I felt my arm was being yanked out of its socket from the momentum. I was yelling at Krista to stop and she was yelling at me too. As much as I wanted to believe she was pulling it when we came back to the A side at just as much momentum and I was trying to push back not pull. Finally we shouted out our goodbyes but put it away and hightail to Krista's where her parents were home um we were terrified and started googling az i was going on a flight in a few months with the, an airline az there's a demon named az who considered the mother of all sin leads to demonic uh hordes hordes her cousin's initials were az what the hell did it mean was it a warning we decided to do an experiment give the board to two people and tell them what had happened uh, to see if it was unbiased anything could happen again as soon as their hands were on it it started going back and forth back and forth back and forth and freaked out and slammed it back in the box we closed it and taped it up to never look back 
we googled um what to do with a ouija board that got stuck on two letters and google told us to take it to a catholic church as it will they will destroy the ouija boards and one that is haunted um that felt a bit extreme to me so i left in my parents basement closet i went to find it recently seven years later to see if i might give it another try for fun for the fun of it but i've searched everywhere in my house and can't find it anywhere Ooh. Uh, that is terrifying i literally remember the time that i think maybe i was hanging out with my friend Sirisha and tegan was telling us that story tegan and chris were both telling us a story and it was so terrifying and then i will never forget the time that when we we're back in ireland my friend Sirsha, daniel and keely were house sitting for us in our house in mindapur and i've got some fucked up stories about that house in mindapur and um i had saw snapchat because they had invited some other people over and i had saw snapchat that um they had other people over at the house and they were doing a Ouija board in my house. And I just, I, I immediately was like, dad, like my friends were literally doing a Ouija board in the house and my dad lost it. He was fuming. I actually was kind of mad too because they already know like I'm terrified of that house. And like, why would you bring a Ouija board into someone else's house? And it was so, so scary. And uh, my friend Daniel was like, oh yeah, it was like the ter- the most terrifying thing we ever did. Like, I don't think anything happened with the Ouija board, but it was just a matter of fact that it was in such a scary house and you know i i will tell you guys later on some stories that happened in that house but um that is all i've got for you today um i hope you all had a lovely thanksgiving weekend again i am pre-recording these in advance so this will be coming out on the tuesday after thanksgiving weekend so have a fantastic week um i know it's back to work because it's tuesday and you know it's always nice having like a long weekend and having the monday off in ireland we call them bank holidays but you know what you gotta do what you gotta do so that's life um thank you so much for listening again please tell me if you have any spooky stories that you'd like to tell me i want to hear them all um and yeah uh thanks so much again Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe and follow. And thanks so much again. I've said that four times now. I'm repeating myself like a fucking parrot. (laughs) Like it's it's such a knob. (laughs) Anyways, um, happy listening. Bye-bye. Okay, guys. So um, kind of something special going on here. I got my friend Jenny on the other line we're kind of like live recording right now can you hear me jenny hi yeah i can hear i can hear you Woo-hoo. okay so <laughs> jenny's my friend from ireland right now and right now it is half past seven so like seven thirty in ireland and it is twelve thirty in the morning here in canada so i just had like a little snooze on the couch before jenny called me and jenny just woke up <laughs> did you have a good sleep I did. I had a lovely sleep. It was all good. Um, but how many coffees have you had, Caitlin? Uh, I actually only had half a cup of coffee today. Oh, that's so, bad. I know, I know. I'm very proud of myself. But yeah, I just fell asleep there the last few minutes. And then my brother came down and screamed in my face to wake me up. So that was very, very nice. That was lovely. Lovely way to wake up. <laughs> yep, yep. So... 
Jenny and I have been friends since we were probably like what four or five yeah since we were in play school so that's like before primary school that's yeah. a young age so yeah and <laughs> <Long time>. my, <laughs> my favorite memory of Jenny is losing her shoe in the marsh and she hates that story but it's my favorite favorite story <laughs> I just don't even think it's that funny. I'm just like, no, it was a traumatic <laughs> incident. the funniest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got in so much trouble. Um, but yeah, so um, Jenny's actually been to Canada to come visit me and stuff. So yeah, because she's a good friend like that. <laughs> and I loved it. It was amazing. It was so fun. I kind of wanted to stay there, but then I was coming back and I was starting college. So I had to leave, sadly. But oh, no. Oh, congratulations on school, by the way. Oh, thank you. Don't know what I'm going to do now. Just have a piece of paper and I'm like, woohoo. (laughs) Come move to Canada. You can be my co-host on my podcast. Oh, my God. Yes. That'll (laughs) definitely have to happen. I know. I'm I'm honoured to be your first guest. So I am. I know. This is so new and exciting. It's really nice. There you go. Okay. Well, um Jenny is gonna tell me some of her spooky stories and um I've heard this story before and the reason why I came up with this idea to have her as like a live recording is because I was walking to work one day and she sent me all these voice notes of all these scary in bits walking to work like I was bawling crying and I was like I actually had to stop halfway through and I just like messaged Jenny and I was like listen this is just too funny to just listen to you talk um, I was like, we have to do this on the recording, like live and everything. So this is live. So I'm sorry if there's any bloopers, but we're just going to go for it because, yeah, why not? So, Jenny, off you go with your uh, spooky stories. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you find them funny. I'm just like, thanks, girl, Adam. But other people will probably find them funny because it's nothing like overly scary. But at the same time, it freaked me out. So apologies in advance if I'm like going to be cursing or anything. Please just ignore that and pretend that I'm, you know, so amazing and don't curse. It's a good Irish girl. First of all, I said I just tell some random stuff now. Some people will be like, Jenny, we already know this, but uh, like not everyone knows some stuff about Irish folklore and like little stories and stuff. So I said I'd say something really quickly. Is that okay, Caitlin? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. Okay. So I looked up quickly things about like the Banshee and fairies. I'm sure some people have heard of the Banshee. Caitlin, you probably have. Yeah, but... I'm terrified of the Banshee. Yeah. So basically it means like a woman of the fairies. So I was there Googling it, trying to do a bit of research, you know, trying to be all professional. And uh, it just said that it means woman of the fairies in Irish and Scottish Gaelic. And then women who mournfully they basically were like women who used to wail and cry at night and it was a sign of like bad luck or death in the family so like whoever heard the spirit crying at night time or like she could have been screaming we don't know I never heard it thank god basically whoever heard this like scream in the night was said to have like bad luck or like somebody they knew might die so yeah nobody really wants to hear that because it's no. depressing but mm-hmm. I just thought it was kind of interesting because you know like a lot of people would picture a banshee like wearing all black like a widower and kind of like out in the middle of the night just like crying and it's really like not a nice thought no. but basically my great granddad had a few stories he was like 98 when he died and he was born in 1910 
so his family lived out like really out west in rural Ireland as Caitlin knows like a lot of people she knows live out there too potato um, land yeah potato land and basically they used to always walk home at night after like going to these dances and like dances back then were like the only form of like socializing other than going to a pub like that's what all the men and women used to do and that's how they end up meeting their like wives and their future partners isn't it like yeah. that's really how they met people so basically they always used to be walking home and I don't know there was probably a bit of drink involved let's be honest it's Ireland mm-hmm. but they used mm-hmm. to walk home anyway and one of um his daughters told me this story she's my granddad's sister so she told me that one night when they were walking home um it was like him and some of his brothers they heard a woman like wailing and they were like oh, what is going on because it was out in the middle of nowhere and it was pitch black and they were like oh, who the hell is that crying and they were worried it was somebody in trouble or hurt so they looked around and they thought that they seen this look like a figure of a woman on like a hill so they were like what the hell is going on here so she was crying so they all walked over and started to walk up the hill they went up to see if she was okay and then when once they got up to the top she it looked like she was gone and they were like where is she gone like she was literally just here and then they heard her sobbing again and they looked around and they kind of were going back down to the road because they were kind of freaked out they're like where is this woman we literally just seen her and I was like were they hallucinating or something but then um supposedly she was on another hill and they were like right we're just gonna go home now because if that was me I'd be like nope I wouldn't have went up here for the first time yeah, I wouldn't have went up in the hill in the pitch dark, but obviously, I don't know, I suppose because there was a few of them, they were like, we better go and see if this woman is okay, but she wasn't, she wasn't even there, so I was like, no, no, I'd be going home to bed. Um, so yeah, some of these there are definitely like tales to like frighten other people, but at the same time, I wouldn't go chancing my luck. I wouldn't go chancing my luck walking home in the dark. God, no, I wouldn't even chance my luck now in the middle of the city. Fuck that. In the middle of the day. <laughs> in the middle of the yeah. day. I don't, I don't, oh, no. I actually don't leave my house ever. But I was not in that. <laughs> yeah but like that place is kind of eerie anyway Caitlin isn't it you know when you go like past Leesburg it's literally all yeah. just rural there's barely any oh, shops yeah. well there is no shops there's nothing yeah. like it's literally just nature and you and houses obviously but like yeah. once it's dark I find it so eerie out there when it's dark like at night time I'm just oh like no gosh. I would never walk around there and like there's a lot Even, to do, do, you with... know, do you know when it gets foggy as well like oh yeah it's it's so so scary even like driving down to granny's house um yeah. and lorical sala there it's literally the scariest thing ever because like you don't know what you can see on the side of the road because it's pitch black and you, all you can picture is like a ghost or, something. or some it's man so or scary. woman just walking by. yeah, yeah. oh okay. my god so um, scary because basically do you know like back there is just all rural as we said and there's a lot of history to do with the great Irish famine and everything too obviously because mm-hmm. so many people starved with that years ago and you just don't know there's probably poor yeah. spirits just wandering around the place so I'm like no there no de- there <laughs> definitely is yeah absolutely okay. so basically when I was rec- when I was trying to research that actually I just have a little side note here it was so funny because oh. I've seen people have been searching how to become a banshee like why would you want to become one? <laughs> I just started laughing to myself. I was like, I have to say this because it's so random. But anyway. Oh my God, Jenny, please be a banshee. Yeah, I didn't search it, okay? But but Christmas, don't look at my search history, but <laughs> it said that. So I was like, that's not okay. <laughs> just in time for Halloween. If anyone wants to, you can Google it and see. I didn't look. Yeah. I didn't even try and look because I don't want to know. You look of 2020. <laughs> okay, so then the other thing is fairies. 
So mm-hmm. everyone has, you know, different pictures of what fairies are. And a lot of people like to think that they're nice, like really cute things, like really pretty with wings. Um, but the Irish kind of image of them is a bit different. So they were seen as like supernatural tricksters. Um, they didn't like to be disturbed. And supposedly like children who went missing were said to be taken by the fairies, which is kind of scary. Um, and then... Terrifying. I don't really have a huge amount of info on them, but basically, like, there's these things called fairy forts all over Ireland. Like, Caitlin, you've probably heard of some, or you've probably seen some. I don't even think I've ever seen any myself. I have. I have. Do you, do you remember Kevin and Porrick? Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the back of their house, or, like, somewhere near their land in their old house in, um, I forget where it was. It was ages <laughs> away. Uh, yeah. Anyways, there's a massive, huge one. And Kevin's dad... Martin wouldn't let us walk in the circle, and like me, Ethan, me and Ethan were like joking, we're, oh, we'll jump in it, and he was like, no, no, can't do that. Like people are dead, like they're dead serious about it. Like, and he was angry, like he did not want us to go inside that circle. That's the thing, though, was- because it makes sense. You know, there's been so many bad stories and kind of um, bad luck. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about that type of stuff, not even when you talk about it, but when you kind of go near it. So basically, like fairy forts are kind of circular in shape, aren't they? And like they could be Mm -hmm. like rocks or trees or bushes. And you kind of suppose that you'll just know if you see one. But I haven't seen one yet, so I don't know. (laughs) But um, you are a fairy. I am probably so it's my home (laughs) but basically if the things like like once again another story I have here is like if things like the rocks were like removed or anything from the fairy fort it could be really bad luck and basically once you bring them back you should be okay is what they say now but we don't know like I've never done it I wouldn't chance it Mm -hmm. because like people still refuse to go there near them now I think they were trying to build a motorway was it from I forget which one it was. I don't want to say it because it's probably wrong. But I just remember a story of <laughs> trying to build some motorway here in Ireland. And they were some of the, you know, the construction people were refusing to do it because they're like, no, there's some fairy forts here on this land. Like we have to go around mm-hmm. that field and all this. And I was like, oh, my God, like it's so dramatic. But at the same time, if you have your superstitions, then you have them like you don't want to be, Absolutely. Luck, you know. You know, and you know, the other superstition too, Jenny, of magpies, um, oh. how you have to say Good morning, Mr. Magpie. I actually one. had never really known about that, you know. Maybe it's just because my family don't don't talk about that one. But oh my god, I remember yeah. Nori, my auntie, used to every single time we were walking down the road, she'd be like, There's a magpie, good morning, Mr. Magpie. And it'd be like five o'clock in the evening. And then she's like, If you see two magpies, it means this. And if you see three magpies, it means you're gonna get mail. If you see four, it means this, and five, it means that. And it's like Jesus Christ and she have them all listed off nearly to about like 10 or something yeah because I know the it's like is it a rhyme or I don't even know what it is it's probably not a rhyme but it's some sort of kind of um I don't even know what the word is some sort of poem or something to it so it's like one for sorrow two for joy three for a girl four for a boy five for silver seven for a secret never to be told how mysterious is that one but um like that is kind of the thing I always heard I never really heard about the thing like saying good morning and then I was with you I think and you're like good morning Mr. Magpie and I was like are you going crazy or I just thought oh it's just Caitlin like her normal you know like her normal way and uh, then she's like no Jenny you have to say hi like it's bad luck I was like since when I was like no wonder I have such bad luck in my life (laughs) I know so funny though 
yeah. thing ever. Okay. And now your life has changed around. Oh, it's just one thing. Yeah, I salute them every morning. No, I actually still don't do it. It's probably bad. I probably should just in case. But look, we can't be afraid of everything. Um, okay, so my own personal story now is... I was in college a few years ago and I was a very innocent child in some ways, Caitlin was and I. Like I was very naive. I literally believed in like anything yes. Caitlin would tell me, which was a load of shite, as you know, because sometimes she does story. exaggerate a little bit on her yeah, on her stories she exaggerates just a bit too much. Uh, not all the time, but sometimes, especially when we were kids, it was so funny. Me and my friend, like did, you know, like Robin didn't quite like we used to be questioning you and we'd be like do we actually believe you? Remember, we used to like ask your dad sometimes because we we're like, she's definitely telling us lies. But it was so yeah. funny. I was um, lethal for that. Yeah. So basically, I was very um, unaware of scary things because my mom and dad obviously never let me watch scary films until I was like old enough because Jenny just would use to shit herself. So I used to be afraid of going down the hallway when it was like dark at nighttime in my nanny and granddad's house because it was like, you know, just like a long hallway. But it used to be very dark at the end and I'd be there looking down like, in case somebody had appeared to me. I'm like, no. And um, never, ever watched scary films because I was just like, no, I'm just not not made for those. I like happy, bubbly things and that's who I am. But anyway, I was watching a film with these two girls that I lived with in Galway. And like our apartments and everything were quite modern, you know, nothing old creepy about them at all. Like they were actually really nice apartments and they were kind of modern and everything. So we were sitting down and I remember we didn't have a HDMI cable to plug in our laptop to TV. So like we just put our laptop on a coffee table in front of us. There was three of us there sitting on the couch and like there was nobody else at home. And I just remember it was the day of the leap year. And I don't know why. Like, I don't even know if this is significant or not to what happened. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Somebody might tell us, but I don't know. Um, But we were watching this film anyway. And it was kind of like a stormy enough night. But like, you know, we had the heat on, nice and cozy. Windows obviously closed. I was sitting nearest the window and like the curtain was down on the floor because it was kind of like a two pane kind of big enough window, but it never opened fully or anything. It wasn't like a balcony. It was just like, you know, open only a small bit. And there was no windows yeah, open yeah. because it was quite a stormy night. So we were all cozy. Three of us just watching this film called Now You See Me. A lot of people have probably seen it. It's about like magicians and stuff. But uh, I've kind of wiped yeah. that away from my mind because I just never want to watch it again. Because <laughs> uh, halfway through the film, I don't know, we must have mentioned something. We must have been like, oh, do you believe in magic or something? You know, like just how you have these conversations with your mm-hmm. friends and be like, wow, that looks yeah. cool. Like, do you think they can actually do stuff like that or whatever? We must have started talking about like, spirits or something or we must have started saying something about ghosts and all that well I don't know maybe we didn't but you know like you just have these conversations anyway with people like you're getting yeah. to know and you're getting friendly with and halfway through anyway Jenny here sitting on the edge of the couch beside the curtain seeing like something out of the corner of my eye like the bottom of the curtain was kind of shaken and it wasn't like the whole curtain it was only like the curtain nearest me was obviously closed and oh it was just kind of um shaking a little bit at the bottom like nearly like someone was like wiggling it and I was like what is that and I kind of only had seen it for a second and then the girl beside me said it she was like did you guys just see and it was I swear to god it was like a film it was so weird as soon as she said that the curtain like whooshed up to the side like somebody had came out like literally like someone had popped out and been like hi but there was nobody there thank god because I died like I died anyway because I'd never seen any type of thing happen like this. Like there was no, it was just no valid reason. I know not everyone like. Were you crying? 
Uh, no, I was just frozen. I was screaming. Like, I was constantly just screaming. There was a scream just coming out of my mouth. And I was like, I don't even scream anymore. But, like, I didn't think I could scream. I'm glad the scream was coming yeah. out of your mouth. I hurt my voice. But, no, but I hurt my voice ages ago when I was younger. Like, I don't know what I did. But I obviously hurt my voice. And I can't even scream properly anymore. So it's sad. But sure, who, who cares about that? Uh-huh. Hey, you're just laughing at me. But basically, I was just, like, absolutely shit myself. I was frozen. I was sat on the couch. And, every, like, there was no one else there. Only me and the other two girls. So like one of the other girls on the other edge of the couch had got up in a big panic because obviously she was like well able to run like unlike Jenny just froze and uh, she got up and she knocked her plate down she had been eating dinner so she knocked her plate on the ground so then I thought I didn't even look at her because I thought that, that was still the thing that came out of the curtain because as soon as like the curtain moved she obviously got up to run because she was you know she had sense she was trying to run away and um <laughs> knocked her plate down so I thought this thing had like flung her plate across the room I was like oh my god what the <laughs> I was thinking there's some sort of evil like obviously evil spirit or something because I didn't know you know like nobody knew we couldn't see anything but at the same time it wasn't just like a normal tiny little thing of energy do you know like as you even walk by a curtain it kind of gently moves like and it's like oh that's yeah, on yeah. its own but it's obviously your energy as you walk by it because we all have energy and everything in our bodies right so I just thought yeah, like no it's not like that you know I just knew straight away that it wasn't a normal thing like the way it came out was literally I've never seen it happen before unless there was somebody doing it you know like as kids you play hide and seek you go behind the curtain you scarce or like just as a little joke you'd be like oh boo like joking like that but no it was just I just knew that it wasn't a normal thing that normally happens you know it was definitely something supernatural and I was like oh my god and I like a bit of oh, me died yeah. that day um I just because I kind of like I'm woke up that story sorry yeah. what did you say I just was saying like that I just like kind of woke up a bit and I was like oh my god I didn't realize that the world was full of these scary things <laughs> <laughs> you know like it was so creepy and I was like so like are there loads of spirits just wandering around like or was that one just kind of stuck between here and heaven like whatever that's called you know some people have different like words like the veil or whatever you want to say like are they just trying to like move on you know into their next afterlife if people believe in afterlives yeah no um, and obviously everyone has such different beliefs like but me and you were obviously raised kind of like oh you know we go to heaven once we die and that's the way it is but like not everyone believes in that and not everyone obviously believes in spirits or anything but you know this is just my story um but yeah Yeah. like so then that kind of woke me up a bit to be like Jesus like we actually all have spirits around us and like I would never have been like you know like obviously my parents are religious and my grandparents and everything but we never would really would be like strict with our religion um especially like you know obviously back I say 50 years ago like the whole country was very much ran by like the religion and the church and all this type of stuff but even then Mm -hmm. there's definitely stuff about like spirits and stuff in the bible but like I don't know I didn't read it let's be honest um (laughs) but no like it's just so interesting to be like wow but I'm sure so many religions have different like chants and prayers and all this Mm -hmm. to like obviously make you feel safe and make you feel protected and I think it's more an energy thing than anything else that like can help you maybe pass on these spirits or help them pass on to wherever they need to go so basically we were so freaked mm-hmm. out the three of us girls um we ran down well we we tried walking slowly calmly downstairs for fear it was following us or for fear like we'd fall downstairs there was like three flights of stairs we walked down we knew some I knew some guys from back home that were living down there 
and then obviously yeah. my friends had gotten to know, to know them as well so we ended up staying there a few nights because we were so freaked out and we literally got the boys to come yeah. up with us and you know like have a look around and they're like there was no window open like what is this it's so weird and you know they were kind of laughing at us obviously because it is kind of a funny story and you know a lot of boys would be kind of like <laughs> oh you're full of shite uh-huh. thinking it's funny but like yeah. it's funny like I was like full on like not able to stay in the apartment like, get the priest get the priest oh I actually was I was like oh my god maybe we should get one <laughs> um basically then after a few days like all we all we were doing was like we were like witches the three of us was so funny because we were like same prayers and everything we were like oh my god like we just don't feel safe do you know because I suppose we never really believed in any of those things until it happened and then anyway eventually we got some sage and we went around the house like pack of witches and we were there like saying prayers because <laughs> we didn't know what else to do but it honestly worked like the sage definitely works anyway I think sage oh yeah is a cool thing and it just it has a certain smell but obviously if you can deal with that smell I think it's just such a nice thing to burn and to just walk around and like you don't even have to yeah. say anything do you know it's just to, like kind of clear out all the negative energies and all of that like and obviously we didn't feel like there was negative energy like we just felt ourselves I suppose we all had tension after what had happened we all kind of felt each other was always kind of jumping and stuff you know it was just, we were all kind of a bit jumpy and scared after it so that's probably yeah absolutely. that's probably it but yeah that was okay then after a while I kind of got over it but even like on my own sometimes in a room I used to be looking at the curtains like so afraid of the start move but I used to freak myself oh my out God, I, I yeah and then I used to be having dreams that like the dogs were barking at something but there was nothing there because you see I started researching which in a way is probably bad to do like everyone's always like don't be googling stuff but in a way like you know you want to understand you want to know and I tried thinking of yeah. in like you know a good spirit or a nice kind of somebody's soul like you know if it was me or you like I would obviously want to try and help someone move on but sure we can't see it I didn't even know there was things like this that existed so I was there trying to just google it all (laughs) get a bit of insight for myself to try and understand and be like no it was definitely a good thing it just needed some help but it was just the way that it did it It was almost like a child and you know the way the curtain moved and the way it caught our attention first and then it had to like whoosh out of the curtain oh my god I almost died so yeah yeah um I don't no, really know I, I don't know if I'll terrifying. ever know don't know if I'll ever get to know who it was like I don't know if I'm interested in talking to any of them because at the same time that's such a creepy thing for me like you know I don't know if I'd be able to deal with being able to like speak mm-hmm. to spirits I know so many people do that but I would just be like oh my god no you know it's just yeah, like, like your getting own a Ouija board or something I would never do it oh my god like, no I'd be, too, I'd be I'd be so nervous I especially would never do that I would I'd be more kind of inclined to do things like meditation and stuff now like I'm starting to get into all my spiritual yeah. stuff and do it you know in a nice oh, peaceful way and all kind of good and positive vibes like I'd never be thinking mm-hmm. anything like a Ouija board like they're definitely so no I'd never got never even chance to touch one like I just wouldn't because I've just heard so many stories absolutely and they're so kind of dark and you just wouldn't know what is going to come out of it like I'd be like no thanks <laughs> one good oh yeah like it is it, it really is mad like to think I don't even like thinking about half the stuff because like I have to go to bed I know as well, I'm, I'm so I'm sorry you probably won't sleep now tonight <laughs> no no but that's just me like I the thing is I'll read those things as well like I'll go on like reddit yeah. and they have like this whole thing called like no sleep and people write oh these god. stories some of them are Please real some of them are like made up don't read that you're get oh scared. my god <laughs> I I get so so scared but I love reading them because they're so well written even like if they even the real ones mm. but the ones that are like fake and they're just like 
trying to scare you oh my god it is terrifying but yeah no that is such a scary story Jen and I remember when you told me that because was that the year I came back to visit and then we were up in Dublin and that oh um, probably I think it was yeah because I remember you told me that story and then I got this really funny video of you coming out from the hallway and I was sitting on the sofa and I screamed and I was like, Jenny, what's up behind you? I'm just so easily it. scared now, like, but at the same time, I'm. <laughs> it's so funny because I'm trying to like, you know, obviously get used to this and I'm trying to like watch scary films just to be like, no, obviously this is all made up, like it's brilliant acting, brilliant effects, but oh my God, I watched The Conjuring, the second one. And I had shivers all over my body, but I still made myself watch it. Like, it probably wasn't good for my health. But at the same time, I was like, no, like, I know that this isn't real. But then it goes based on a true story. And that's the bit that I'm like, fuck, at the end. <laughs> I'm like, no, I just think you're like, fuck. <laughs> Sorry. It, that movie is so scary. The first one, too, is absolutely terrifying. Oh, my God. As well. Like, I think I've seen the first one as that, well. But first I thought the second one was truly terrifying with the nun. I'm sorry. But that part, all of it just Ugh. makes me like, no. But it's it's obviously really good. But even when people dress up as the nun, you know, for Halloween now, I'm sure there'll be loads of people once again. Every year people yeah. see that nun. And I'm like, no, those yellow eyes, I can't. I just cannot deal. <laughs> I know. Nuns are scary in general. Yeah. Like, they're just freaky little ladies. But like, we have like Lourdes, Lourdes in France fucking scariest oh place honor. i'd love to go to see it but what you were telling what you were oh telling us gosh. about your um, granny and granddad's hotel i'm just like no no <laughs> don't want to go there mm, i'm telling you that place was fucked. it was so scary it was literally terrifying that place but yeah so that like that is honestly terrifying like just to be like in your apartment building with like or your wherever you're staying yeah what's well, like an apartment your thing. house all the yeah. girls It'd be so scary. Like, I wouldn't blame like, you at all. And Jenny, um, there's a story, too, with... The, remember your granny told it to you, I think? It was one of your grannies, about the girl in Calmore Abbey. I tried trying to find that out, and I re- then I remembered it was you that was telling me about it. I don't even know if that's true, though. Like, like there's just stories of people escaping. <laughs> um, Calmore Abbey was basically, like, years ago, it was a boarding school, if people, people might know, people might know what it is, but it's basically, like, this really old, um, like, it's an abbey, and then they have, like, a big manor house where, um, you know, a family used to live, and he was, like, a landlord, and basically, I think his wife died, I actually went there over the summer, like, you know, after lockdown, we got to go on a little road trip, so we went in, because I'd never been inside it, and it's lovely, and I love all those old buildings, and, you know, they're really, like, pretty, like, um, ornaments oh, and all cool. that. So we actually went in there and there was a story of how oh, cool. the man's wife um actually died she fell off of a horse and carriage and I was like that's so depressing oh, but the poor woman ended up like dying and like she had her whole family around her and she died I was like that's so sad sorry no, depressed that's everyone. terrifying so god knows like her ghost is probably going around the place there was a load of nuns there like obviously throughout the years oh. there are still nuns living there and you know like that's kind of they live in the abbey still but obviously in the manor house you can just go in and walk around it's a really nice place but basically when it was a boarding school you can't even see half of the house I'm kind of sad I thought you'd be able to see more but they only have you know a certain kind of main rooms like the dining room and things like this because they're obviously like really fancy and really nice Um, and they're probably just protected or whatever so upstairs I presume they used to have all the girls um rooms and stuff like that in the dorms but we couldn't see them so I sad but basically my nanny 
told me stories of like how women used to obviously try and escape and like get away and used to go up on the mountain because it's there's like loads of hills in Connemara as people probably know and like mountains so basically behind Kylemore Abbey there's a big hill and my granny used to be telling me like that there was a statue of a girl or something who used to escape up there <laughs> like there was a statue made after she died or something like that. so that's probably true is there a statue of the but Virgin that's what's Mary up there so I don't know what she was telling me she's awful good at stories the Virgin Mary was in Kylemore Abbey she went to we just don't know and she we ran just don't away. know but anyway um no like I have other stories that like my friends have told and they've given me permission but I don't know if we have much more time but I can make them short no yeah go no okay so basically my friend um her sister used to live in an old school and not you know so it's you know habitable like you could live there as a house and um she used to you know obviously be there chilling in her house watching whatever and she used to hear people going up and down the stairs like she could hear someone coming up and down her stairs and I was like did she not do anything like and my friend just was like no she just you know tried to remain calm and she's kind of okay with all of that stuff but obviously she's just trying to you know not be like talking to them or be like what do you want from me but at the same time I'd be like can you I'd be like can you please leave my home like I'd be too freaked out and then there's just been other times where she heard things and it sounded like there was like a football being hit off the wall and stuff like this because obviously years ago in these schools as well not trying to like give Ireland a bad reputation or anything but you know you used to be able to hit children um in schools like our parents would have been hit as young kids because oh my god yeah like if they were talking at all if they were messing pure violent like the teachers would hit them with rulers throw books at them god knows like anything some teachers obviously then they used to heat the rock oh gee like that's so so like that's just too much isn't it like that's so far like how far can you get so far um because basically yeah like some people would be hitting them with rods and actually be cutting into their skin as children like that's just sick i think in general i'm like how do other people do that like sick stuff like that they're nearly like real killers some of those people i'm like what um you know like the way they seem to like not be okay with it but i'm sure not every teacher would do that but definitely some of them when they lost their temper would go overboard and some of the kids were nearly killed like some people were nearly bent up so much like because it would be a full-grown man or woman like beaten into them like the poor children like oh my god I can't even imagine it's actually it's actually so it sad makes me feel a bit and guys tell me stories too of him getting yeah. beat and like the one story he had was him and his friends in class they're all trying to escape out the the window of the the classroom mm. and then the one kid got <gasps> stuck and the teacher came along with the heated rod from oh the my fire god. because they had fires so the classroom's warm and she started poking him. And like that would scar like, him as well. Like, like mentally and, and but mentally and physically back. that would scar a child, wouldn't it? Like that is just horrific stuff. I mean, I laughing. Would probably be dying it is kind of funny, but no, window, it's, it's so sad though. <laughs> no, it is no, it is very yeah. sad. Like I don't know how anyone could even think of doing that. Like, thank God. I would leave school if anyone and ever tried to come at me. I'd be like, Yeah, and I'm sure Christ. some kids did try to fight back, but you see, then you'd probably end up getting it worse if you fought back because Oh, yeah. you absolutely but would. Absolutely. Basically, my point of sorry of this depressing um <laughs> conversation is basically that 
a lot of kids probably did end up dying or a lot of kids would have been so traumatized that like maybe they came back when they died. Maybe that's where they came back to because they wanted, you know, they were upset about it still. You know, like you just don't know, like the un- unfinished yes. business side of things that a lot of people say that's why spirits come back because they had unfinished business or yeah. they were obviously really mm-hmm. emotionally affected by certain things. And like maybe that's why my friend's sister heard all these noises because it was an old school, do you know? We don't know. Oh, I believe I'd be I'd be so scared if mm. I lived in an old school, like a whole bunch of kids and stuff as well. Like, that'd be so yeah, freaky. exactly. Like there's so many old schools that have been done up, and obviously people live in them now, and it's just like, oh god, I would just be like getting the priest in, <laughs> coming and bless my house. Yeah, <laughs> totally no. just to make you feel better, you no. know, like the priest. In fairness, we don't even know. It mightn't even ever be 100 percent safe and secure, but we have to just trust in something, I suppose, don't we? Oh yeah, that something will be safe and you know it'll be okay. So funny! I sound like such a scaredy yeah. cat right now, don't I? Everyone's gonna be laughing at me, but look, <laughs> we have our own belief. I'm already yeah. laughing at you. And basically, it's all awoken me now to be like a bit more conscious and like not conscious of everything, but you know, to try and like think more about spirits and stuff like that. I actually am getting a bit more spiritual yeah. and in a good way. Like I don't really think of anything bad. Like even if like creepy things have happened yeah. to my friends, I'm like no, it's obviously just maybe a lost spirit that needs help. And, you know, think of it in, in that way rather than it's something dangerous and scary trying to cause you harm. Yeah, well, I mean, no, that's a good point. And I think that's the thing is, you, I mean, I'm always scared. Mm-hmm. I'm terrified of like everything. I'm terrified of my own shadow half Same. the time. But like, <laughs> it's, I I still love that stuff. Like, I love watching scary movies. I love all the true crime stuff. But I always say like, I'd be more afraid of like ghost stories than I would be afraid of like, you know, some serial killer story. Like that wouldn't scare me at all. It's the fact of the unknown yeah. that I don't like. Like it's yeah. the fact that like you just don't know when it can happen. Like and I guess it's the same with like being murdered too. But like it's just it's so scary to think too that like any ghost could just come in and flicker off. I know and I I agree with you completely like about all that because it is the fear of the unknown like things that you can't see but in a way I'm so glad nothing appeared to me that time with the curtain because if some face or something was there I think I wouldn't be recovered still I'd still be like traumatized (laughs) oh no 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 no. I remember I was telling you as well like basically after that first thing happened with the curtain and all that and like people think it's so funny it's the curtain moving blah 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 that's fine basically when I went home that year, I ended up taking a year out because I just didn't know what I wanted to do, didn't know if I wanted to continue with my college or whatever. So I worked from home for a year and I worked in this place called Port West in Westport. And it's all kind of like outdoor clothes and, you know, workwear, that type of stuff. But basically, um, yeah. it was quite an old building. Like so many buildings in Westport are like really old because the town has been there for how many years? Like a couple of hundred years or probably more. Like I don't even know the history of the town properly. Oh, yeah. But basically um, a lot of them are very <laughs> old buildings. And this used to be like a furniture shop. So it used to have like three proper like floors. So like obviously the ground floor, the second floor, and then the third floor would be up the very, obviously it's up the very top, like duh. But it basically is still all really old up at mm-hmm. the very top. It's still like somebody used to live there so you can see like where the old kitchen was and stuff but they've obviously pulled out all the furniture but it's still just a bit like creepy sometimes being up there on your own in the stock room I used to be like I don't want to go up there on my own um because like it just didn't feel yeah. you know you just felt a bit eerie um and it was always really cold but I think 
there is probably some windows and drafts in there so it's okay but basically when I was working there anyway there was always like funny things happening like me and my friend um started talking about things one day about the spiritual stuff because she loves chatting about all this stuff but at the same time nothing really like too scary has happened to her thankfully like but she's really interested in all of it as well because I suppose it is just an interesting thing to talk about and like I remember when we were talking about it like no joke the lights all started flickering in the shop and the radio like went on and off and it was like oh my god and then I was like okay we can't talk about it anymore because like it might have even been us like maybe it was just a weird thing with the fuse but then it's like the lights came back on again it wasn't like everything went it was just really weird and I was like what happened so we just stopped talking about it but then there was a thing as well beside the till I forget what it's called but it's basically this kind of it's like a piece of plastic almost but it's to do with it's kind of like magnetic so it's to do with all of the like safety tags on some of the cheaper stuff in the shop so like you know so people obviously don't steal them they were like little stickers that had a magnetic kind of thing on them so basically every time you put one of the things up say a pair of socks had the stickers on them so you'd put it up to the panel on the wall and it would just make a little beep noise so one day anyway I was serving these customers you know normal just chatting away to them and I you know just scanned this thing just to get the alarm off of it and it just kept beeping and the women were looking at me and I was looking at them and I was like kind of creeped out because you could just hear it constantly was just beeping and I was like why isn't it stopping normally just would beep like twice and be done and I was like what is going on here so then it was still beeping for ages and like one of the supervisors had to come over and like he kind of like like hit it a bit and it stopped and I was like that's so weird but then it just it just happened more than once. It was a few times. And my friend told me, like, she's been working there. She had been working there much longer than me. And she said that never used to happen. And she's like, it's only since you've been around, like, since you walked beside it. And I was like, oh, my God, that's not OK. Like, why is it happening? It was creeping me out. And I was like, oh, my God, maybe I'm just a weird thing in my body. Because I remember my dad told me, my dad told me that my granny, um didn't used to be able to wear watches because whenever she put a watch on her wrist the battery would like stop isn't that so weird I know. What? That's and I'm like, so oh my god, she's magical. But no, it was just her energy and her body or something. I don't really know, but I know, yeah, she's a unicorn. No. Um, but that's what my my dad told me, and I was like, that's kind of weird, isn't it? And he was like, pure serious, you know. He wasn't joking with me. He said every time she used to wear a watch, it would die on her wrist. So she just used to obviously just wear other jewelry instead and not wear a watch. And I was like, wow, didn't know that could happen with some people. But it just depends on your body, I suppose. <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe, that, I was that like, maybe that's why the thing kept beeping. Like, maybe I have a bit of her thing in me, but I can wear watches and they're fine. <laughs> so I don't know. Some of these things you're like, hmm. Yeah. It, no, it, it, it definitely is scary. Like, I, that, that type of stuff too, those like small bits of pieces, you know, of like people's energy and stuff that it's like, it's like either, because it, some watches do run off I think it's like I don't, I don't know what the actual thing is but it runs off like something natural mm. off your body it's definitely with your own energy isn't it uh, but I don't know what it's called <laughs> yeah it's like some do yeah and like some people's energy is just so overpowering that it's like just it, it just yeah. it can't handle it it's it's really weird we should we should look up what that means Stop. I have like so many stories I could tell but we'd be here all day but I, I just have one more quick one so when I was, this is my yeah, story as well. So I was working in a place, um, it was really like a kind of gift shop, like a kind of, we say touristy shop, because there's a lot of stuff to do with, you know, Ireland and all these like shamrocks oh, yeah. and leprechauns and all these things you can buy. And 
um, a lot of tourists always come in and yeah. like I always used to be so chatty I really enjoyed working there because I love talking to people as you guys could probably tell um, <laughs> we, me and Caitlin have a good gift here we're just full of chat but yes we have the gift of the <laughs> we, might, we might win some competition <laughs> talking but <laughs> yeah. basically there was this like really old kind of iPod I didn't even know it was an iPod but it was one of those you know ideas like basically where whenever you could turn up the volume on it you know it was like an actual little circle that you had to put your finger on to kind of you moved around the circle I don't know what they're called I probably sound silly the way I'm yeah. saying it but you know what I mean so basically yeah and I was just sitting there one night because I used to work from six to ten in the evenings because a lot of people after they would eat their dinner they might have a little walk around the town because it was it's a really nice town isn't it like it's a little picturesque kind of place and it's all safe and there's all the street lamps and like it's quite a small town but it's still just nice to have a little stroll around so basically people would come in to me Mm -hmm. and would be looking around the shop so I just used to be there on my phone sometimes when people weren't in the shop because, you know, like there's only so much you could do in places to make sure everything is restocked and cleaned and all that. So I used to get a bit bored. So I was there looking yeah. at my phone and this song came on and there was a lot of songs that always came on. Like, you know, they would be repetitive because it'd be the same playlist on this iPod or whatever, same CDs. So it was like a load of, yeah. kind of Irish um, pub songs and I wouldn't even know half of them, to be honest. But this one came on and I was kind of sick of hearing it. So I was like, I kind of looked up and I just changed it. I just fast forwarded, you know, to the next song. I went back on my phone anyway, watching someone's story or whatever on Snapchat. A few minutes later, anyway, out of nowhere, like I was still looking at my phone, bear in mind. The music started blaring and I jumped so high, like in the chair. And like because the iPod or whatever it was, was right beside me. It was right beside me though, and I looked over. I looked over at the iPod or whatever it was, and I had lit up on its own, turned up to full volume, and I was pure freaked out. Then I was like, "No!" I was like, "What the hell is in beside me right now?" And like, you know, I didn't know was there anything beside me, or was it like a spirit, or was it just the iPod working on its own? But I don't think that these things just randomly do things like this themselves. And the creepy thing was, it was back to the song that I had just skipped that I didn't want to listen to. Yeah, oh, oh my god that like is, obviously I would die. whoever it I would was was that. like no I like this song and like moved it back like it's like they nearly made the effort to change it to the song that it was and I was like this is a bit weird and I just remember calling my boyfriend to come down at the time because I was pure freaked out and I was like please come down I'm kind of scared now and nothing else really happened though thankfully in that shop but once again that was like a really old building too and there was a speaker you know outside the door because they used to like play in the tunes to the people like and they'd hear it so people would come in but basically it was so loud it was just kind of funny because at the same time there's people across the road like outside drinking like sitting down and I just remember I was like so embarrassed because it just blared out of nowhere it's like they definitely are like what is going on in that shop I just remember jumping so much though like I jumped so high on my chair I was like what the hell has happened you know because that's not normal either like things just don't randomly turn up to full blast on their own so I just 